0: One of the 50 greatest NBA players of all time, Charles Barkley.
1: Rich Ryan is my favorite coach. Why is that? Just, just to think about it, a coach who is as freaky as the players, I love that.
0: <laughs> the Academy Award winning director, Steven Soderbergh. So when I do analysis, my name is the bituation. So I should refer to you, Steven Soderbergh, as the bituation. Yes, that's my name. What is your name again? Habituation. He's none other than Reggie Wayne. I get a, a,
2: a text on my two-way. To read. Oh, It's my buddy. You know, it's my bro. My amigo. My padre. Homie. Open it up and look at him. It says, Lord dead." <laughs>
3: <laughs> I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen podcast, presented by Papa John.
0: Welcome to the Rich Eisen Podcast presented by Papa John's. We've got a monster show in store today worthy of the Super Bowl bye week and the Pro Bowl week combined into one. We have Drew Brees, Pro Bowler of the NFC, joining us on this program. Jeff Garland, have to check in with him after the Bears get dispatched by the Green Bay Packers and the whole Cutler hoopla going on in Chicago. Need his thoughts on that. Dan Patrick of the Dan Patrick Radio Show, my old colleague from ESPN, he will join us to lend perspective on everything going on with Championship Sunday and the Super Bowl. The biggest Steeler fan that I know, Snoop Dogg, will be joining us here on this podcast as well. Cara Henderson and Dan Fleschner. Fleschner being the coordinating producer of NFL Game Day Morning. They will join me in the Hot topic segment. But like uh, you've just heard, we are jam-packed. So let's get this show right underway. He's going back to the Super Bowl. He is one of the best pass rushers in the National Football League. He is Lamar Woodley of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Joining the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Papa John's. Congratulations on getting back to the big game, Lamar.
4: Oh, Thank you. I appreciate it. Well,
0: how does it feel? It's a very, very rare that I am allowed to ask such a silly, straightforward question in this business, but this is when it's actually appropriate. How does it feel to go back to the Super Bowl?
4: I mean, it feels great. You know, this, this is my fourth year, uh, second time um, going to the Super Bowl, so uh, it's definitely a great experience. You know, I wouldn't say it's as exciting as the first one was, but uh, I know once the game started, it will be.
0: Now you know it doesn't. It's not supposed to happen every other year in your professional career, Lamar. You know that, right?
4: <laughs> yeah, man. Because you know you hear so many stories about guys that's been around this league um, 13, 14 years that only have the experience of playing in the AFC or NFC championship, and here I am in my, my fourth season. I already won one Super Bowl, and here I am playing in the second
0: one. Now, you guys hit the Jets in the mouth right off the bat and then kept hitting them repeatedly, and the 24 points that uh, you guys got were enough, even though the Jets had a furious comeback. What did you see in the Jets' offense in your defensive meetings with Dick LeBeau and the rest of his staff that you thought you could exploit entering the AFC championship game?
4: I mean, even the first game when the Jets beat us, you know, everybody was kind of looking at you know what we'll just beat y'all the first game. where we'll just went out there and put nine points on the on the board without the defense being out there on the football field, and um, they were doing a pretty good job of getting um, having Sanchez get rid of the ball, not allowing me and James Harrison to to get any sacks. You know, so the hype was you know um, we'll just beat them the first time, and they contained outside linebacker Lamar Williams, James Harrison. They didn't get any sacks. So we said, okay, we're gonna change things up a little bit this game, and we got some pressure on them. Uh, we got a few, we got about two quarterback sacks, but we we hit them a few times, and defense went out there and put some points on the board. And usually, when the defense score, um, teams go out there and win football games.
0: Do you think that you overwhelmed and, them? Did you see it in their faces in the beginning of that game?
4: Oh, definitely. When our offense went out there and had the ball for almost uh, ten minutes, you know, driving the ball up and down the field, and, and once I seen our offense was going, I said, well, when the defense got here on the field, we we really gonna bring it, and that's what we did.
0: Are you a talker out there, Lamar?
4: Huh?
0: Are you a talker out there?
4: I'm only a talker if you if you wanna if you want to talk to me. You know, and, and then when you get to talking I'm just gonna bust you in the face and hit your quarterback.
0: <laughs> so you don't <laughs> you say you don't initiate the chatter out there on the field?
4: No, I don't initiate it at all. You know, you you have a few offensive linemen wanna you know, wanna do a little play some dirty dirty games out there, hit you late. I just tell them, you know what, man, your quarterback gonna pay for what you just did.
0: Hmm. How has Dick LeBeau improved your game since you've come into the league, Lamar?
4: Oh, uh, man. You know, for me personally, coming from defensive defense and outside linebacker, you know, they, they really helped me um, learn the position well and becoming a, a better outside linebacker than I was when I first got here. You know, just the time that they, they take with you to help you study um, to learn the position. And the way he coached, you know, Coach LeBeau is not one of those guys who's going to be yelling, screaming. He's going to talk to you like a man and. The guy treats you like that. You're willing to go out there and just play for
0: him. Now, last year when you faced Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, that game was an offensive extravaganza. Over almost 900 yards of passing between him and Big Ben in that game. What do you expect for Super Bowl 45, Lamar?
4: You know, I, I, I can't even remember too much about that last year game. So when Mike Wallace scored that uh, touchdown ends on the end, end to, to help us win, that's, one the biggest, that's the biggest thing I remember from that game. Um, but this year, they're a new team. We're a new team. They got different guys. We got different guys. Um, last year, we were a team that lost um, five five straight games and didn't make the playoffs. And uh, and now we're in the Super Bowl. So we get, we've improved a lot, and they improved a lot because they wasn't there last year either. Um, I think we're the number one defense, and uh, they're either number two or number three. Uh, so it's going to be a different game. I don't think it's going to be – a high scoring game like it was the previous year. What
0: do you think you need to do with Aaron Rodgers back there? Because he, he just doesn't seem to be rattled too much. And the Bears, however, can give you some game film because they seem to have contained him better than any other team this year.
4: Um, I think, um, like, like we do with him, the other quarterback, hit him. You know, quarterback starts taking hits and you have guys in his face. You want to get rid of the ball a little faster. he don't want to take a hit. So I think we just need to continue to do what we've been doing. I'm each and every week and that's just getting after like getting after the quarterback and he's you know, they always tell you I know they say in basketball, the most dangerous guy has the ball. So if you can get to him, uh, then you that's an a plus.
0: But he's he's pretty elusive though. He he can really I mean he's got Vic like spin moves, Lamar, if you think about it.
4: Man, that's okay. We we got guys on our defense that can run to. So we we're not gonna let that get to us at all.
0: Do you wanna give me any bulletin board material that I can I can use to promote my show? And and uh, and you can get in trouble with Lamar. Do you want to do that?
4: Can't wait. <laughs> no, because
0: I mean we're Michigan guys. You know, I mean we can help each other out in that respect. Um, you know.
4: Hey, you know, Larry Foot probably can give you something. Man. Is that
0: is he right there? Yeah,
4: yeah, hold on. You want to speak we him?
0: Yeah, sure. Huh. All right, oh, get two Steelers for the price Larry. of one.
5: Rich, what's going on, hey, man? Let Larry
0: Foot go blue. You, go
5: blue. We back. Brady Hope, baby.
0: <laughs> oh, you think are you you think we're back? I had Brady Hoke on my previous podcast. Do you like him? Hey,
5: you li- yeah, I like him. He was there and I was there, real good guy.
0: Okay. So you think it's uh it's it's we're back. We got Madison as the D C. He's the O he's he's the head coach, he's the H C. We're good. You think we're good?
5: Oh yeah. I mean we need some talent, no doubt about it, but that's why I was uh excited for Brady Hoke. I mm-hmm. know you're a good recruiter.
0: Hey, were you and Lamar giving Braylon some grief on the field?
5: Uh, a little bit, a little bit.
0: Yeah, because he can talk, yeah. he can woof, Braylon.
5: Yeah, but he's kind of a you know a little intimidated by us.
0: Are you? He's intimidated by you guys?
5: I mean, ever since he's been in Cleveland. Hmm.
0: And now he's not going to the Super Bowl, and you guys are. That's yes.
5: Yeah, that's, that's a tough one to swallow.
0: That's. A, <laughs> <laughs> Although you don't mind administering it, what are your thoughts on going back to the Super Bowl, Larry?
5: I mean, it's more pressure this time just because we're that much closer to having, you know, me personally having uh, my third ring. So uh, we got to get it done. And uh, I think this is going to definitely be our toughest challenge.
0: Why do you say that? Uh,
5: I think they're more balanced. I mean, the previous years when we beat uh, uh, Arizona and Seattle, I don't think their defense was as tough as Green Bay. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers, he's hot as a firecracker right now. So it's going to be a big challenge.
0: And uh, And what do you think? I mean, Lamar gave me sort of a very simple uh, approach to to taking care of Rodgers is hitting him, but it's sort of difficult to hit him, don't you think?
5: I mean, he can get the ball out of his hand, and, you know, he's very elusive. I mean, you've seen that against the Atlanta game. He, he got eyes behind his head. But I'm quite sure Dick LeBeau is going to create some stuff to get his him.
0: And uh, when do you think you, you're going to get that in your hands Super Bowl week? What'd you plan. say? When do you think you're going to be able to get those oh, Diggerbow blitzes? Tomorrow,
5: tomorrow. I'm quite sure he's been working there since uh, Sunday night. And you know that's how Diggerbow works.
0: And we're taping this on the Tuesday before the the uh, Tuesday of the bye week. So you've got a lot of studying to do.
5: Oh uh, yeah, we'll be ready. We've been there, done that, and uh, hopefully they can get caught up in uh, the Super Bowl hype and all the lights and the action. You know, parties. We're just going down there and handle business.
0: It's a business trip. Larry Foote. Business trip. Absolutely. I like it. Are there any more Michigan guys that you could pass the phone to? <laughs> no,
5: there ain't no more Michigan guys in here, but my financial advisor he in here, but he wasn't smart enough to get into Michigan. There you go.
0: He wasn't smart enough. It's the Harvard of the Midwest. You tell everybody that. Absolutely. Larry, thanks Thanks for uh, for getting on here. And Just do me a favor. Pass me back to Lamar so I could say goodbye to him. All right. Techniques. All right, that's Larry Foot. Yeah, man, y'all killing a battery on my phone. Oh. <laughs> Turn the Bluetooth off. You know what I mean? No. You saved the battery. All right, we'll, we'll let you go, Lamar. I appreciate you uh, passing me off to Larry Foote and, and calling into the podcast. I appreciate it.
1: <laughs> no
4: problem, man.
0: You got it. Good luck. We'll see you down in Dallas. All right, thanks. Lamar Woodley and Larry Foote together, everybody. Two Steelers for the price of one on this podcast, which is... Uh, Let's get to the first fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers, one of the most critically acclaimed rap artists of all time. His album, Dogumentary, is going to be his latest offering coming in late March. March 29th, 2011 is the date of the release of Dogumentary. He is none other than Snoop Dogg on the Rich Eisen podcast. Rich. Snoop. Yes, sir. How are you? So far so good. What are you do, nephew? I really appreciate you uh, calling in.
6: Man, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, Rich. You know what it is. What's your 40-time looking like uh, right
0: now? <laughs> Let me tell you something, Snoop. I am absolutely ready for the combine this year.
6: Okay, well, I'm, I'm counting on you. You know I put a lot of money behind you this year. I secretly bet with you that you could do you know, a couple of beats better than what you did last time.
0: What do you think? I did a six two four last time. What do you think I...
6: I think? I think you ought to be in the 5-9 range. About now. You're, going, you're taking
0: the under. You're taking the under.
6: Got to man, I believe in you, Rich. I mean, you, you didn't like what it looked like, and you know, you just was a step off. It's about your
0: takeoff. It's about your takeoff. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It, uh, it's it really, I think, is about what beats inside, Snoop. Exactly. And what you're be, right, what beats right. inside cannot be measured at any combine.
5: Indeed.
0: You know what I mean? Hey yeah, man, that's
5: probably why I never went out to do one of those combines. <laughs> <my>
0: right. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate you calling into the podcast, and I uh, had I had to I had to, I had to uh, dial you up. Uh, after the Steelers make another Super Bowl, because you are the biggest Steeler fan that I know, yes, and, and I'd love to get your thoughts on that here on the on the Rich Eisen podcast, Snoop.
6: I uh, mean, I'm so happy for the Steelers' coach Mike Tomlin, the defense, Walkersberger after having you know so many off-field problems, he's been able to turn it around and and do the good thing and the right thing and get us back in the position to get that seventh Super Bowl trophy. But that's all about dedication and hard work. They put that hard work in in the preseason, in the preseason workouts, in the you know, off season and, and and making sure that they're on point so when they get to this point in the season, they're fully prepared to take it to the next level. That's what the Steelers do. You know, it's either the Steelers or the Patriots that you talk about every year being in this, you know, type of conversation. But usually, you know, the outcome is the Steelers because we're the stronger, bigger, better, more physical team. We're not a finesse team. We're physical. And that's going to show in the Super Bowl when we play against the Packers what it's going to
0: do. Do you think the Jets did you a favor by knocking the Patriots out?
6: I think the Jets did us a great favor by knocking the Patriots and the Colts out because, you know, they made it easy on us. Because there's something about Brady and um and, and Manning when it comes to the Steelers. Their psyche is more or less that they can beat us. But their psyche against the Jets and, and, and Rex Ryan is a little different because Rex knows how to play into them and get them into a mind game, which they don't want to get into with us. You notice when the, it was time for the Jets to play the Steelers, they had nothing bad to say about being. As a quarterback, they said he wasn't a diva, he's a real player, because it's respect from a team that gets out there and bangs with you in the in the trenches. The Steelers go all out. No matter what position you play, you go all out.
0: Yeah, I mean, Ben doesn't seem to get the respect, though, and I, maybe it's part of the off-the-field stuff that's been going on with him, um, but I think it's time to throw him in there with Manning and Brady. I mean, the guy's got 10 career playoff wins now, Snoop. It, and, and what he does, the his game – if you think about it, every other quarterback, when he gets hit, usually the play is over. But with Ben, when he gets hit, the play begins. It's unbelievable.
6: And See, that's what it is. I believe his peers give him more respect than the writers. You understand me? And that matters more to him than the writers because he don't care about winning no MVP trophy or being in the talks every year about being a top-rated quarterback. All he cares about is getting to that AFC championship game because when he gets to that AFC championship game, if he wins it, he's gonna win the Super Bowl.
0: So break down the Super Bowl for me, Super Bowl Forty Five, Steelers Packers. How do you see it, Snoop?
6: I see Aaron Rodgers coming out, real excited and having a, you know big first half. Then I see you know Ben Roethlisberger and, and and Dick LeBeau putting together a strategy to to shut that down in the second half. It's gonna be a high scoring game, but at the end of the day, I think the Steelers are gonna pull it out by maybe three or, or if not seven because it's experience. Not only the experience, but it's just that being able to put a good strategy together for the Super Bowl. If you give Dick LeBeau and Mike Tomlin this kind of time to really put together something special, they usually come out with a great outcome. I've seen them in Super Bowls against the Seahawks and against the Cardinals, and those offenses were great offenses, and I've seen the Steelers just shut them completely down and turn into a different kind of beast when the time was, when the time was now.
0: So you see you see uh, them containing Rodgers or Rodgers gets off and somehow, some way, there's a trick play or a special teams play. But uh, how, how do you see the actual details of the game?
6: I see, I see Rodgers getting off. Like, he's going to get about 200-something. Mm-hmm. He's going to throw a couple of touchdown passes. That's part of football. But I see at the end of the day that Dick LeBeau will make those, you know, adjustments at the half to contain him like the Bears did. The Bears put a good job but did a good job on the second half of defense on containing uh, Aaron Rodgers. And I feel like the Steelers' defense is a little more stronger than the Bears. You know what I'm saying? Because we got them everywhere, up front, linebackers, DBs, and way back there with Palomalo. The Bears were lacking in certain positions. They had a strong, you know, D-line, strong linebackers, but their DBs is kind of you know, wishy-washy. So, you know, when you're playing against a team like us, that's going to be sending all kinds of blitzes. You know, Aaron Rodgers, he's, he's mobile. But the kind of blitzes that Dick LeBeau going to hit him with, with these exotic blitzes, it's kind of hard to be mobile when you don't know where the blitz is coming from.
0: How does a kid from Long Beach, California, love the Steelers so much, Snoop?
6: Well, in the 70s, I was a kid that grew up on the east side of Long Beach, and it was either the Steelers, the Raiders, or the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And something about the, the Steelers just turned me on. The Raiders players, I liked them for their attitude. I love certain players from the Raiders that had that attitude that I – Love from a football player. The Cowboys were more of a finesse team. I'm physical. I'm aggressive. I'm I'm intense, and that's why the Steelers became my team because they represented everything that I stood for. They had a steel curtain defense, and their offense was always nasty. They they could go up top, but they like putting the ball in your mouth and going downfield by getting three yards in a pile of dust. You know and that you, was always
0: attractive to me. If you think about it, you know obviously the folks in Dallas are really excited about hosting Super Bowl for the first time. But they're going to have a tough time looking down in Cowboys Stadium and seeing all those terrible towels flying around and all the cheese heads too. This is going to be a tough one for the Dallas folks to swallow if you think about it.
6: It is because, you know, it used to be Dallas Cowboys was America's team and the Steelers was just, you know, the Steeler Nation and the Raider Nation. They were like coming in second and third. But now in 2011, it's the Steeler Nation and the Raiders are on the incline and the Cowboys are on the decline. So it's sad that they got to, you know you know, witness the Super Bowl at their home stadium where well, Jerry Jones spent all this illustrious money and new you know, monitors or whatnot, but that's part of football. You know what I'm saying? You got to put your money where your mouth is. Don't put it on the arena. Put it on the players. Don't put it on your coaching staff. Get you a real coach and get you some real players that want to take it to the top. Look at the Steelers. We had three coaches in our history, and all three of them got Super Bowls, and all three coaches are stand-up kind of guys that the players play for them. They, they, they got a good accord with the league. They're just great guys. You got to hire the right kind of people for your organization.
0: And the neat thing about you is you're not just popping off as a fan here. You know about coaching yourself, and that is a true story. Um, You are one of the prime benefactors of youth football in the United States, if not the most popular uh, benefactor of youth football in the United States. You are going to once again uh, bring the champions of the Snoop Youth Football League to the Super Bowl site for the Snooper Bowl, correct, Snoop? That's going to happen again this year?
6: Yes, sir, and guess what's gonna happen this year, Rich? My main man and my best friend. Yes, Hall of Fame finalist, well I'll say Hall of Fame and now because I doing. Dion prime time Sanders is gonna challenge my team to a Snooper Bowl game. And he's been coming for the past four years, you know, mm-hmm. watching my game and being there supporting me and looking uh-huh. at my guys and just being a great inspiration to my football league. And now is the time for me and him to strap up and meet in the middle of the field. May the best team win, California versus
0: Texas. That's right. He's bringing the truth. He's bringing the truth to the Snooper Bowl this year. And um, he says you've got your hands full, Snoop. I'll be honest. I mean, you know,
6: that's Deion Sanders. I wouldn't expect nothing less, but no one understands. He know what he's going up against. Like I said, Rich, he's been coming to my game for the past five years on the sideline watching each game from start to finish. So he know he has to go load his gun up and get fully loaded against me because I'm not coming half-stepping. I'm coming with the fully loaded weapon.
0: (laughs) He says to, you know, I I, I travel with him now for five years uh, for for our games and for all of the events. And he has laptops with him of footage of not only his team's games and practices, youth football, but also he films and scouts the opponents with film as well. And he told me that he learned that from you. Yeah,
6: because as a great, coach in the NFL, it's always a film day, it's always a study day where the guys get in there and they watch footage on the opposing team and they watch footage on themselves to try to correct the mistakes that they've made and try to better themselves for the team that they're getting ready to play. So I just took a little bit of that and, and, you know, put it in my world with the Little League football and started saying, you know what, I'm going to start filming and scouting and watching, and it it, it it got me off to a great start, Rich, to where my team is in my league with 75-3. and three. And we lost three games the first two years, and we ain't lost in four years. And now my guys are on their way to the ninth grade, and they're going on to high school. So I set these guys up pretty well, and they showed me how to become a great coach because in the beginning I wasn't about filming and watching. I was just trying to be a you know a coach that was calling the plays on the dirt. But as I wanted to become a great coach, I had to do things that great coaches do.
0: So then, what do you tell your kids when they lose? Because they lose so so rarely, but in life, obviously, things don't go your way more often than just three times in uh, seventy-eight games.
6: Yeah, but you know, uh, every game is about life. You know, every game that we play is a, it's a life situation within that game that's always you know going to pop up on us through some sort of play or a timeout or some sort of situation. Maybe during the week, where the kid may have a bad week at school. And his mom may threaten to take him out of the big game. And, you know, I have to come in and, you know, talk with the kid, the mother, and get the kid back on the right path with school and, and make him understand that it's not just about being a great athlete. It's about being a great academic student and being a student athlete first. So we always, you know, enhance the life goals and the life lessons within football. Football is just a great way to get off a lot of this energy and a lot of this, you know, unwanted you know, tension that's out there in these urban communities that they have no way to release it. So we give them away by putting them in football instruction programs with great coaches and volunteers who spend time on trying to shape these young men into becoming our
0: future. It seems, I'm trying to do the math here, if you started the Snoop Stoop Youth Football League in 04, would that put some of your first kids in college right now?
6: Oh, yeah. Uh, Ronnie Hillman for San Diego State was in the Holiday Bowl, was one of the top leading rushers in the NCAA this year, came from the Snoopy Football League. You got uh, DeAnthony Thomas, who's one of the top players in high school football right now to play in the Army National Game going to USC. You got about 15, 16 kids through the pac team, through okay. the Got a couple of them at Miami, uh, Telemach, or the University of Miami. I got a couple of kids that's everywhere, so it's beautiful, Rich, to look out there and see my kids going into high school, going into you know to the college ranks, and then eventually there will be Snoop, you football league players that will get to that, you know, that combine and work out and make it to the next level. That's going to
0: make me cry when I see that. Yeah, I was about to say, where does that rank? I I mean, you got a new um, album coming out, documentaries coming out, Malice in Wonderland came out last year. Where, where, Where does this, your coaching and putting kids on the right path and now seeing them play in college for crying out loud and perform, where does that rank in terms of your career achievements in your mind, Snoop?
6: Can I tell you what's real and what's fake? Now, Rich, I've been nominated for 15 Grammys, and I ain't never won one,
0: right? Mm
6: -hmm. And when I get 15 kids to come up to me and call me Coach Snoop, and, hey, Coach, 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 that means 100 times more than me than a Grammy because uh, that means I'm affecting these kids' lives to where they're not calling me Snoop Dogg, the rapper, but they're calling me Coach Snoop, the mentor, the leader, the, the, the inspirator, the one who they can come to that can really help them. And I look at the kids that I coached when they were seven years old and there's some of them that was maybe 11 years old that that moved on to become young men. And when they always see me, they always address me with coach. And that, you know, that sends a trickle down my heart more than any award that can give me in music or TV or film. They could could never outmatch this because this is me really making a difference in someone's life that's going to make a difference in the whole world.
0: SnoopyFL.net is how people can get involved with the Snoop Youth Football League, uh, the SYFL, and um, and you're bringing your kids. What When do you hit town in Dallas for the Super Bowl? When do you hit town?
6: We hit town Friday morning. We're having a uh, get-together with Prime's team, with the troop. Mm-hmm. The guys are going to get together, have a lunch, and they're going to go hang out and have a little fun, you know, a little meet-and-greet. And sure. then Saturday they're going to they're gonna bang a ball on Saturday and get it all in after the game. They're going to do a little something together. And then me and Dion, we're gonna get real grown and do our little grown party. You know
0: what I'm talking about? <laughs> Which one? Uh, is there a grown party that night on on that Saturday? Yeah, you know, for the adults, man. For okay. the thirty five and over cool. I, I forgot. <laughs> I, I'm working the door. I forgot. I I I, oh. I I forgot. I'm working the door on that thing. Rich, I'm getting you off the door, man. You're going VRP, <laughs> <BRT>, man. <laughs> is that, as you pointed out earlier in this conversation, that's going to be a big night Saturday night because Prime is gonna Prime's gonna get his due. Uh, earlier that day is when we announced the uh, the Pro Football deserves, Hall of Fame class.
6: He deserves it, Rich, and I'm I'm one of the guys that's been with Deion Sanders ever since he came out of college. You know, when he was at Florida State, I was a fan of his and got a chance to meet him when he started off with the Falcons and you know made his move around the league with the Niners and the Cowboys. And he's always been a close friend of mine, personally, on and off the field. So I'm so happy to see him even being talked about being as a Hall of Famer, which I know he's the first time. Ballot the first time he needed to get in on the first time because nobody did what he did. Nobody could play first down, second down, third down, and then got to stand back there on fourth down and receive that punt and could possibly take it all the way back to the house and be right back on the field on first down all over again. Pre- I ain't never seen nobody do that.
0: You're preaching to the choir, no doubt about it. And he's the first ballot as 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 they come, and it'll be it'll be a good time. And I appreciate you taking me off the door, Snoop. Because I, yeah, I, be I I'd, I'd, I'd say. thank you. I'll, You know, I'll be in charge of the bottle service, too. I'll, I'll do yes, that. Sir. That's just the I'll way bring I a
6: piece of candy. I'll bring, bring a piece of candy for you to look at. You might be able to taste it later, <laughs> too.
0: <laughs> That's the way you roll with me, Snoop. I appreciate you uh, calling into the podcast, and I look forward to seeing you in Dallas. I'll catch you at the game, Richie. Rich, be smooth, man. All right, you got it. That's Snoop Dogg himself joining on the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Papa John's. Of course, it's also Pro Bowl week, not bye week for the Super Bowl. We've got Pro Bowl week in Hawaii. And touch on that as well as his thoughts on what we've seen so far in the 2010 playoffs is uh, the five-time Pro Bowler from the New Orleans Saints in his remaining two weeks as the reigning Super Bowl MVP. Joining us on the Rich Eisen podcast once again is Drew Brees. How are you, Drew?
7: I'm doing great, Rich. Yourself?
0: I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. How is uh, how's life for you these days?
7: Y- you know, it's... Uh it's good. I, I feel like, I feel like the ride from our, you know, 09 Super Bowl season just ended, mm-hmm. you know, so I feel like I haven't gotten a break in 18 months. Um, so it's nice to be with family and that kind of thing. Um, although it is tough to, you know, watch games on the weekends, uh, cause you, you know, you always obviously feel like you should be out there playing. And, you know, I felt like, um, you know, although we faced some adversity through this season and some injuries at times that we were able to fight through it. And, you know, we were, we able to, you know, make another run at it, uh, even though it was going to be as a wild card team on the road throughout the playoffs, and it ended much sooner than than we all hoped for or thought. Um, but you know, as I look at it now, with Green Bay and Pittsburgh, you know, heading to the Super Bowl in Dallas, those are two pretty deserving teams here at this point.
0: Why do you think the last five Super Bowl champions have not won a single playoff game in their title defense?
7: You know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's uh, I'm sure if anybody could could break that down and if there's a scientific uh you know reasoning for it, I don't know. Uh but I, I'd say I'd say if anything, you know, as I looked at our season, I mean it was a grind. You know, coming off, you know, you win the Super Bowl and, and so you're already you already have played five weeks later than everybody else, mm-hmm. you know, or most most teams. And and then you get into an off season where it's obviously pretty crazy, a shortened off season. And then you you feel like you're just getting right back to work, and um, you know it was. uh, I think the expectation level and just the fact that everybody's gunning for you, and you just you feel like every week is it's so hard to win. I mean, you you got to you've got to prepare like you never have before, and you've got to just it's like you got to work even harder. And so by the time you get to the playoffs, you know I'm, I'm sure that a lot of people feel pretty drained. Although, you know, for us. I think our mentality was, hey, we're going to go do it again. Now, you know, we played Atlanta on Monday night, uh, week 15, and then had to turn right back around and play Sunday and then turn right back around and play that wild card game on a Saturday. So Mm -hmm. it was two consecutive short weeks. um, And then, to you know, to go on the road cross-country, I mean, no excuses. But I I think that it's hard. I mean, they make it hard on the defending champ to, to repeat. I mean, there's nothing easy
0: about it. And if you could uh, put your finger on one thing, maybe it was a combination of things. In in retrospect, after that loss in Seattle, what what did happen to your team in Seattle on that Wild Card Saturday?
7: Well, I mean, you got to hand it to them; they played great. You know, they play. I I think honestly, um, Seattle was just tired of hearing all week about how they were a ten point <laughs> underdog at right. home, <laughs> right? Right? In the playoffs, I mean, that's that's uh that's enough to get you pretty motivated right there. But, I mean, when you look at the game, um, they played pretty flawlessly. You know, they played great offensively, made a ton of big plays, scored 41 points. You know, offensively for us, you know, I felt like we left some opportunities out there that had we just been able to cash in on. You know, we were inside their seven-yard line seven times and scored touchdowns on four of those occasions. But, you know, had some third-and-goal situations as well where we just didn't – you know, cash in, and we had to kick a field goal. And, you know, if you could just score one more touchdown out of those three, maybe that makes a difference in the game. But uh, you got to hand it to them. They played really well.
0: And everyone who wins the Super Bowl says uh, one of the reason, reasons why it's so sweet is because no one can ever take it from you. Has anyone tried to take it from you in the last 10 months, Drew Brees? Anybody?
7: No. Nobody's, nobody's tried to take, take the ring or take the trophy. Nobody's physically tried title. to take
0: something from you No, like that. Because no. they'll have to answer to me. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I, I'll just let you know that. You just let me know if anybody ever tries to take it from you. I appreciate that. Because I never understood what people say if take it from. Because I, I just wanted to know if anyone tried to take it from you.
7: Yeah, me. I figured it, it, it doesn't matter, you know, uh, if, if it all ends tomorrow mm-hmm. um, or, you know, what happens down the road. You'll always have those
0: memories no doubt. Uh, from that team. No doubt. What? Let's talk about the games you just saw. The Championship Sunday. My gosh, over 50 million people saw both games nationally. It's just yeah. unbelievable how many people are watching these games. Uh, your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers' play in the playoffs, if you've seen him uh, light up some scoreboards, Drew.
7: Yeah, he's, uh, he's played. He's played phenomenal. and. Uh, you know, you look at the, the playoff game last year, you know, that they, they lost in a shootout to uh, Arizona, and he played lights out then, you know, and so he's he's uh, he's really saved his best for the playoffs, and uh, I think nobody probably knows or realizes the amount of pressure, you know, that, that he took on his shoulders, obviously, when he stepped into that starting quarterback role three years ago, you know, with the departure of Brett Favre and um what, what I love to see is just, you know, the work that he's put in and the preparation and just how his team, you know, responds to him and plays for him. I mean, that I think that tells a lot about a guy. And, um, you know, he's he's definitely played at a high level. And uh, I'm just glad to see, you know, good things happening to, to good people to do it the right way.
0: And Jay Cutler, uh, I'm sure you're aware of the Twitterverse reaction because you're on Twitter uh people reacting from colleagues of of yours in the nfl fellow players just lighting up jay cutler for leaving the nfc championship game with an injury that's proven to be uh, a significant mcl injury but one that a lot of people thought he should have been playing on what's your take on what went down with jay cutler on sunday
7: um well i don't know these uh, how significant the injury is um I mean I'm familiar with an MCL. I've had one before. There's lots of guys that have had them before and typically it sidelines guys for a few weeks, you know, and there's a <laughs> there's a stability issue that you have, you know, when you have an MCL tear, um even a minor one. And so uh if if the guy felt like he couldn't, you know, throw the ball accurately, uh then Obviously, maybe it's better if somebody else is in there. And so I don't know, like I said, I don't know the significance of his injury. Um, But if it was, you know, from what I've seen about Jay Cutler, he seems to be a pretty tough guy. I know Urlacher really stood up and and defended him after the game. And so, you know, I respect a guy like Urlacher and his toughness and what he stands for. So um, if he says he was hurt, then he was probably hurt.
0: Do you think it's fair, though, that the fellow players who who really don't know Jay Cutler are blowing them up on Twitter no, like that?
7: No, I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's fair. I mean, I think the you know the fact for all of us is you know the the bigger the game, the the more that you feel like you know it's going to take it's going to take something pretty significant in order for me to not play in this game. And so when a guy you know goes out of the game, um, especially at a position like the quarterback position, you know you got to feel like it was a pretty significant injury, which. I don't know the extent of it, but, you know, I I don't think it's fair for guys to pass judgment when, you know, they don't know exactly what it was.
0: And where do you think Ben Roethlisberger belongs uh, in discussion of quarterbacks? A lot of people placed you on the pantheon, and rightfully so, uh, of Brady and Manning last year with your Super Bowl ring. This guy's got two, and he's very rarely mentioned in in conversations of, of Pro Bowl caliber quarterbacks like yourself and Brady and Manning. Where do you think Ben Roethlisberger belongs in this discussion?
7: Well, I tell you what—if if he goes and gets a third Super Bowl ring, it's hard, you know, he, he'll be in pretty elite company with Tom Brady and and Troy Aikman. I believe as being the the only three time winners. That's and correct. Then, uh, and then obviously you got what Bradshaw and Montana sitting there as, as
0: you as one know your Super stuff, Bowl Drew Brees. You're breaking Super it down League. right now.
7: Well, I mean, you play quarterback. You play quarterback in this league. But you you got guys that you have your eyes set on. Sure. So, um, I mean, that's that's pretty impressive, especially at, at the the ripe old age of 28 years old, which he is. <laughs> yes. um, you know, you feel like he's still got a lot of good years left. I, I think it's just because he's he's done things in in a different way. You know, um, probably not as high profile, maybe not as glamorous, but it gets the job done. You know, and Um, even yesterday you know if you just looked at the the statistics for Roethlisberger you might say well that was that was not a very good game Um, but if you watch the game and you watch some of the plays he made on third down scrambling around extending a play you know finishing the game off at the end when his team needed him I mean that's the kind of stuff that uh, you know you just when you're asked to make a play you know in a critical situation I've seen him him make a lot of those Um, and so
0: that's that's to be commended. So now you're 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 at the Pro Bowl, you're at the Pro Bowl uh, for your fifth time, and you're going to team up with Procter and Gamble, presenting the the presenting sponsor of the 2011 NFL Play 60 Community Blitz, which on Thursday is going to be the largest community service day in league history. That's coming up this week, encompassing five separate projects to promote promote youth health. And wellness. And uh, in addition to sponsoring the Blitz, Procter & Gamble is donating five grand to the United Way for eve- each and every touchdown scored in the Pro Bowl as part of its Touchdown for Kids initiative. Is, uh, is this part of your, your VIX campaign?
3: Yeah, like you're, well, I,
7: yeah Vicks is one of the P and G brands, and right. so that was that was a fun campaign this year. You mm-hmm. know, shooting those commercials in the off season, and uh you know, I've had a lot of people comment on them just because you're were...
0: snoring. You're cutting some serious <laughs> Z's in those commercials, <laughs>
7: Exactly. Well, and I got I, I got to do one with my wife, um <laughs> yes. uh in you know walking through a Walgreens, you know, and she's picking up the you know the Vicks Dayquil Nyquil off the shelf, you yes. know, to be prepared for for cold season. So <laughs> yeah, we got to do some neat stuff. But now, Pete, uh, like you said. uh P&G is the presenting sponsor for the community blitz, the NFL Play 60 community blitz in Hawaii for Pro Bowl weekend. To, for that to be the largest community service program in history in the NFL, that's impressive because, as you know, uh, the NFL and its players do a lot in, in our communities. Mm-hmm. And uh, P&G will be donating $300,000 in support of NFL Play 60 throughout the year. They've already supported a local park in Pittsburgh, St. Jude's Hospital in Peoria, Illinois, and a high school health and wellness center in Connecticut. Um you know, in addition, like you said, five thousand dollars is gonna go to the United Way in the players host city who scores a touchdown in, in, in the Pro Bowl. So hopefully there's lots of scoring Yes, and,
0: run up the score. You know, let's
7: try to get some try to get some money down to New Orleans too.
0: You're gonna have to run up the score. I mean yeah, I hope we're, everyone's aware. We're
7: I mean I I've I I don't, I don't even need a reason, but now I have a reason. Now you
0: do have it. It's charity. So when the exactly. uh, when, when the AFC's looking at you and saying, Drew, why are you running up the score? you could say it's it's for charity. I'm saying it's it's that's right. It's for the United Way. It's for P and G. United Way, New go. Orleans. I like it. I like it a lot. And always, you know, in the in the Pro Bowl, it's fun because it's, what a great week it is. I mean, and yeah, I, I, I assume fun. you're you're bringing the you're bringing uh, the family out to Absolutely,
7: it, that is a that is a family trip. You know, you especially with with Balin, uh my son being two years old, and I got a three month old Bowen, mm-hmm. and uh, my wife Brittany. It'll be great just to kind of lounge on the beach in the afternoons and. Just kinda of relax and get that family time in because it feels like feels like there's just been few moments like that here over the last eighteen months. So, so this will be this will be a nice little getaway and then obviously the opportunity to, you know, be with all the guys and um you know, some the the group of quarterbacks this year on the NFC side, Michael Vick and Matt Ryan, I haven't had a chance to, to uh you know, be in a Pro Bowl with so this will be this will be a lot of fun. Yeah.
0: And I'm trying to I'm trying to do the trying to do the math here about how old Banglin is. And um, last year the Pro Bowl, you obviously didn't play in it. Even if uh, you did, it would have been in in Miami. So um, you didn't play in it because you're playing in the big game, the Super Bowl. Is this so? Is this the first Pro Bowl trip you're bringing a nanny to? Are you bring is is a baby nurse coming with well, you this time no, around? No, my my
7: uh, my mother in law ha- has uh, has helped us out a ton. Obviously, okay, with having both boys and during season when I'm gone for a majority of the time, my wife uh, is is a trooper, but Balin's a wild man, so. <laughs> He, he, he requires he requires more than one person looking after. Him. Team on coverage, team most coverage. Most occasions, yes, we zone, we just zone him off. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> cover yeah. two, you yeah, play cover two. two. <laughs> yeah, we double them up, high low.
0: So, but uh, it sounds like your son will go up the seam though to try and split he, the cover yeah, two. Yeah, he, he does.
7: He does. he's got some pretty good moves to you know <laughs> a esca- good escapability. We've been working on that.
0: Oh man, you're a good dude, Drew Brees. I mean, you're taking part in uh in this uh this NFL uh Play 60 community blitz. You've also got uh, your Breeze Foundation. Tell me about that. That's still based in San Diego despite your professional move to New Orleans.
7: Well, yeah, I mean, that's what we we founded in San Diego when I was playing with the Chargers back in 2003, but mm-hmm. now we've we we're very much committed to the to the cities and and communities that um, have been a big part of my life, which you know purdue University west lafayette indiana san diego uh spending five years here as a as a as a quarterback, and mm-hmm. then now five years in new orleans we've i'm proud to say we've raised or committed over six million dollars in those communities here over the last seven years mm. which we are so proud of and we've got so many great programs going on in, in, in all those communities. And just are excited about continuing to grow the foundation, continuing to uh, you know make a difference in the lives of, of of kids.
0: Give me a website for listeners who might want to Drew get involved.
7: com. You can go to DrewBreeze.com com and find out about all the events, upcoming events that we have, ways to get involved. Um, certainly, donations are appreciated. And uh, but thank you.
0: No, of course. I've seen it firsthand, man. At uh, at the golf tournament that you threw uh, a couple of years ago, where I was emceeing the uh, the uh, the auction portion. Um, and i 've seen it firsthand. you and your wife get into it it 's not uh, lip service by any stretch of the imagination, and i 've seen the 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 lives touched and, and how and how it works and uh, kudos to you, drew Brees. thank kudos you, to you Rich. You bet thank man. You. listen, enjoy Hawaii. kick back i know I know you you 'd prefer to be in Dallas, uh yeah. where you 're going to be anyway to pick up the bart star award correct
7: yes yeah that 's a tremendous honor um, it 's the athletes in action breakfast on saturday morning um, i 'll be receiving the Bart Star Award, which is a tremendous honor. You just look at the namesake of the award, Bart Starr. Everything he stood for as a as a you know quarterback of the Packers uh, and and obviously a humanitarian and a guy who um, I think we all strive to to be like. And um, that's just that's one of those awards when you look at the list of names from the past. Guys like worked on Ladainian Tomlinson, Kurt Warner. Uh, these are all exceptional uh, football players, but but more more exceptional uh, human beings. And and so uh, it's a great Great company to be in.
0: So we'll see a Super Bowl week in other words, what you're saying. Yes,
7: yes, I will I will be there for a few days. And you'll
0: have a tan. You better have a tan. I mean, I know you got practices in Hawaii, but I mean you gotta yeah. you gotta you gotta work on the base. Get it done.
7: Yeah, just a little just a little bit of sun, a little bit of vitamin D. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> but, but, but 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 too much too much on this white body, just uh yeah. you know. It gets red pretty quick. So,
0: Well, thankfully, you have the P&G relationship. I'm sure they've got some sort of quality sunblock product. for you.
7: <laughs> Absolutely. We'll work on that.
0: <laughs> All right, Drew. Take care, man. Best to your family. All right. Thanks. So you heard Drew Brees backing Jay Cutler. I'm wondering what uh, the biggest Bears fan that I know thinks about this. From Curb Your Enthusiasm, joining the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Papa John's once again, even though he has a grade two sprain in his throat. Yeah. Jeff Garland
1: <laughs> you're know. fighting
0: through it though Jeff aren't did you take a shot in order to be healthy enough to make this phone call
1: I did take a shot I have to admit
0: <laughs> this shot of what did you did you do you know what shot it was it
1: was a shot of water
0: <laughs> you see you're well hydrated yeah, I'm well hydrated so what do you make of this whole Cutler situation because clearly he has a knee injury that's uh, significant and people were all over him why do you think everyone was all over him like that
1: Well, he doesn't exactly generate positive excitement. He's not a warm and fuzzy guy. He seems to me to be an immensely talented quarterback who isn't living up to whatever it is people thought he should be, i.e., you know, one of the top two or three quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh,
0: You know, it, it, it was... And we're going to talk about this throughout the rest of this podcast edition. As mm-hmm. Dan Patrick's going to join us, and a couple of my colleagues, Kara Henderson and Dan Fleshner, who's the coordinating producer of Game Day Morning, is going to join us too. It just seemed, again, he was standing up. There was no ice on the knee, right? And the fact that, again, he he's has been he's had but, a perception problem can ever I, since can he's coming. Be
1: honest, sure. Please, please be honest. I don't think he's smart enough mm-hmm. or savvy enough. He was sacked so many times during the season and he fought it off, fought it off. You never heard him say anything bad about about his offensive line. And to me, the guy just doesn't know any better than to put on a show. He he hurt his knee, but he was able to stand. He didn't think twice about it. He, did. <laughs> he didn't think what perceptions would be. He just thought, "Oh, I'm going to watch a game here." And uh I mean Uh, Do I think he should be embarrassed for the way he played before he got injured? Certainly, he played terribly. But nonetheless, I'm totally on his side in terms of he was injured. he just, I don't think he's smart enough to, to put on a show or well, to realize. Well,
0: I mean, he's just had a perception problem about him caring enough ever since he came in the league. Well, and and he, he, hasn't was, he, cared, he hasn't cared about fixing that perception problem. And I think that chicken came home to roost here in the NFC Championship game in front of 50 million people watching that. Yes, the
1: game. I, I, I think that uh, it came to roost in front of 50 million people. But, you know, certain, look, I'm in show business, man. The business of show. tons of people that are not self-aware. I mean, you you don't ever want to be hyper self-aware because then you're not really living your life in the moment. But there has to be some self-awareness, especially for a comedian. I know that. And I think Jay Cutler is one of the most, I don't know him personally, but from what I gather, he's not a self-aware dude. And so that that hurt him there. And I, I just feel horrible that the players, and by the way, players who are sitting on their couches tweeting, shut up.
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> what that's what Urlacher said essentially after well, it's the truth. game.
1: They're sitting on their couch. Shut up, you're not playing. Yeah. I mean that's like me criticizing somebody's act, you know. But yet I'm not allowed to be on the stage or I'm not good enough to play the theater or the club where they're playing.
0: I thought you've done that before. You've never done that? You've never tweeted about somebody while they're they're yeah, they're going through their act? You haven't...
1: Yeah, I, I my tweets are I just write the word grandma. <laughs> yes, and, and or or an
0: expletive in between the words Gerard and Butler. What's yeah. up what's oh,
1: up? Oh just with did that? that one, right, that's right. What's up with that? Well, I what? did a movie with Gerard Butler and he's actually in town and, and I had to cancel on him with dinner and He's funny, and I and
0: yeah. that's and that's your way of apologizing to yes, him, with yes, Gerard effing yes, yes. Butler. Yeah,
1: yeah. So you saw my most I, did see t- <laughs> I forgot I even wrote that. That's how into my tweets I am. <laughs>
0: that's how locked in you are. Yeah. By the way, I'm I'm glad you're you're you've decided to call in, uh, even though I'm wearing my Packers tie today.
1: Oh, uh, exactly. On the showroom let's, let's floor. Let's talk about that. Okay. About
0: the guy who got fired from from his job as a car salesman in okay. Chicago because he wore his Packers tie. Let's even
1: switch it up and say the Bears won, and I heard that some guy in Green Bay got fired for wearing a Bears tie. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to come off like he should be fired for wearing a Packers tie. But here's the premise: you have a boss, and your boss tells you to do something. If you want to keep your job, you do it. <laughs> If Larry David, yeah. by the way, he has told me, oh, "I don't like that shirt," or "Don't you know you need to shave before the scene," he tells me lots of different things, mm-hmm. and I listen because if I don't, I'm an idiot and I'm out of a job.
0: So you're taking you're taking management side in this. Hell
1: yes! And by the way, I'm not a corporate guy. I'm not a management guy. But I'm sorry, you know, in the city of Chicago. He can honor his grandmother in private. He doesn't honor his grandmother on the showroom floor of a car dealer.
0: Right, yeah, that's what he was saying, that, yeah. that his, his grandmother, a big Packers fan. Right. To me,
1: he should be fired anyhow. You know, he's an idiot. It's clear this dude's an idiot. <laughs> and, and not only that, but this, this, this company also is a Big Bears advertiser.
0: Yeah, and he showed up to work in a the Packers time.
1: So for them to say, you're going against uh, uh, what we're doing, I totally get that. You want to work at this corporate dealership selling cars? Mm-hmm. You got to follow the rules.
0: <laughs> he, and and but he got hired by a local, uh, another Chevy dealer, or a different uh, dealership. He got was a job. Chevy dealership? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He oh, did because well, I guess know, he's a hot commodity now. He's the famous guy who wore Packer tie. He's the well, Packer tie guy. Uh, the, and
1: the if, the you're Packers, try, and he, if you're trying and to and if you're trying to move sure cars for the company that for the dealership that, that hired him in Chicago, I'm sure it'll attract lots of car buyers. <laughs> You know it's just a joke. you do what your bosses say. If you don't like having a boss, don't work for anybody. <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't work for it. No, that's, that's, a truth, pro- that's a problem. That's a problem.
1: My stand-up, you know, if if if, mm-hmm. if somebody hires me and they find me offensive, mm-hmm. don't hire me again.
0: So, do you think this is an issue with Cutler moving forward? Do you think he, now that we know now that it, we know I, that I, his I, knee sprain? To be honest, yeah,
1: I do think it's an issue. I think that this guy, now, but his knee
0: sprain. But hold on a minute, yeah. Jeff, his knee sprain. We find out subsequently. Forget about all the tweeting and all right. the, the the knee right. jerk reactions to it that a lot of people in our, in our business got caught up with uh but the bottom line is he had a knee sprain that would have put his readiness for the super bowl in doubt yes and even knowing that moving forward in chicago this is an issue for cutler
1: um unless he wins it's an issue do you know what he has to do he has to go through a season Mm -hmm. uh playing well and lead them to the super bowl and it doesn't become an issue anymore Unless that happens, it'll, it'll be an issue that will stand out for the rest of his career. If
0: you're, if you're his handler, Jeff Garland is now Jay Cutler's handler. Mm-hmm. You being in the business of show, as you said earlier in this conversation, mm-hmm. what advice do you give him uh, PR-wise? You're, you're Jay Cutler's PR guy. What, uh, what advice do you give him? In all
1: sincerity, I tell him, yes. don't wear a Packer tie.
0: <laughs> First order of
1: business. Yeah, don't put on a Packer tie. Uh-huh. Look, you know, you, here's the thing. The PR guy, I would just keep, you know, there was a report in the Tribune, because I read the Tribune, the Chicago Tribune online, that he went to a party and walked upstairs to get to a party.
0: Later on that night?
1: Yeah, no, like a day or two later. But mm-hmm. I'm sorry I'm even bringing it up. But the point being is, you know, the media just has nothing to do. And you, Rich, are part of the media. I am. You happen to be part of the great media. You yourself are as talented and handsome as the day is long. <laughs> that being said, yes. Um, Look, we're talking about it. I think it's worthy to talk about now, but we'll see who's talking about it come September October next year mm-hmm. um because I think it's a non story He'll be healthy I, i'm ha- all right let me just even even just make this two things mm-hmm. number one, as I said, the dude is not self aware he might be a little more aware, but he's never going to be self aware He is what he is I uh, don't know if he's a nice guy, a jerk, whatever he is. He is what he is, okay. And 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 number two, as a Bear fan, I'm happy he's my quarterback. You he's are. He's the best quarterback that we've had since Jim
0: McMahon. Mm. You're not including Caleb Haney in that conversation. He, hey,
1: by the way, very impressive
0: the kid, what he did. How about the fact? Did you notice that he, you know, he had that big bushy sort of Sam Shepard mustache yes. underneath the helmet after the game? He had shaved. Oh, did he really? for his he press, press conference? Yeah. Maybe Uh, Larry David told him he didn't like his mustache. Well,
1: I actually liked that. Maybe Larry did tell him that. (laughs) Shave it. Um, But, I mean, good for him. And look, I'm happy having him as a third string quarterback. We need a second string
0: quarterback. Oh, man. By the way, um, you and Larry almost made the Super Bowl against each other.
1: Larry's Jets. Do people know who your favorite team is?
0: No, people don't need to know that. Okay, they don't. Larry David and you almost.
1: Yeah, we had, almost we would have gone to the Super Bowl together. That's for sure. He would
0: have gone because he—I don't know if he—he he, he struck me when he was on the show that he would never leave his television set well, for um, for anything.
1: No, I think if we, if we got a uh, one of those booths or the, the box type thing.
0: Oh, because he wouldn't sit with the people.
1: No, but, I, I, by the way, neither would I. <laughs> In Dallas, <laughs> leave me. I who wants to go to Dallas? That's Dallas how, is. Dallas uh, is
0: a dump. That's how self-aware you are.
1: Yeah, Dallas is crap.
0: Uh, you know. Oh. <laughs> I don't care. It's not my
1: podcast. It's your podcast. I'm not doing anything.
0: <laughs> Thank you for being on it, Jeff. I appreciate hey, it.
1: Hey, as they say in Sweden, mm-hmm. an honor, and I love being on it, and you're the greatest.
0: Thank you. You too. Thanks okay, for being pal. on it. Bye. The one and only Jeff Garland, everybody. It's now time for Hot Topics here in the National Football League uh, on the Rich Eisen Podcast. Welcome back, Kara Henderson. A, 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 may, I, may I say a podcast favorite based oh, on the, uh, the tweets I love that. that I see out there.
8: I love that. Thank you. Thank you to the Tweeps you know, for that. I appreciate you.
0: And NFL Network, NFL Game Day morning coordinating producer, welcome for the first time to the Rich Eisen podcast, Dan Fleschner.
3: Thank you, Rich. Great to be here.
0: Yeah, I and mean, you're a big podcast aficionado. I do
3: you, listen you, to You to consume podcasts. podcasts. I do. Not a, this
0: one, but podcasts in general, I I consume
3: know. this one. I consume others.
0: Which ones? Which other ones?
3: Uh, Tony Kornheiser's uh, radio show.
0: Right. Uh, the BS
3: Report. Bill Simmons.
0: Yeah, Bill Simmons. He's a trailblazer in the sports uh, podcasting business.
3: Indeed. Indeed. Uh, and, you know, some others, Slate podcasts every now and then. Dan D- Patrick. DP.
0: The DP show. Dan's following us on, this, on this very podcast. Excellent. P- presented by Papa Johns. I have to mention that. So um, you just came back from the NFC Championship game, Cara, correct? I did.
8: And I was ready to get out of Chicago, not because I'd been there for a week. It was great. But the rush to judgment and all anyone was talking about, of course, mm-hmm yesterday morning on monday morning Mm. when i was getting ready to leave was the jay cutler Cutler. situation
0: well it was so immediate and i want to ask dan this question too uh what does it say about our business is there a negative that we take out of out of our business with the snap judgment before we hear about the mri on jay cutler the criticism that we get or is it just about cutler what is
3: it about well i think it's it's become bigger than just our business it's mm-hmm. now now there's so much immediacy via Twitter and, and social networking that uh, the players mm-hmm. and former players are the ones who really drove this and you know whether it was Deion Sanders Derek Brooks current players former players hey,
0: Derek Brooks was the most vociferous I mean he crushed him yeah
3: basically yeah. Cutler on the spot and know. that's the thing is that the media then put it on the air you know, disseminated mm-hmm. it for everyone to, to see and hear. So we definitely took the ball and ran with it. Uh, but it's, it's not just what the media, how the media operates now. It's, it's everybody now has a voice. It's almost like everybody is a member of the media and, and everyone's voice can be heard. Twitter gives everybody a platform.
8: There's a, there's a great Winston Churchill quote, there is no public opinion, there's only published Opinion. Oh. Read at the coffee bean this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, did
0: you pick that up at Duke? Or... I did. And in... no, that I read first it at the Churchill
3: coffee bean. Reference on the Rich Eisen podcast. I'm, tr-
0: I'm trying to go through the mental uh, encyclopedia right now, and I do believe that's the first but Churchill I, But I do.
8: I was thinking about it in terms of this story, and that's just it. Is do we now have to have a filter about? Just because former players are saying this on Twitter, do we need to have the filter of, okay, are we, should we report it then? Or do, mm-hmm. we, need to have, do we need to be more thoughtful you about what, how we are putting it out there? I, I don't know.
0: I think about that with Twitter all the time. I mean, I love it. I love tweeting. It's great. It's a great way to promote things. You're it's on a great, Twitter. Great... I'm on Twitter. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't know Fleshner was until a couple weeks ago. Yeah. You are too. I, I was am. telling you that for weeks and months. You need to get on Twitter. I, Twitter. Have, I,
8: I have two thousand followers, thanks to you.
0: It's, well, you should. You should have more at Kara Henderson, and you're at D Fleshner, correct? Correct. All right. That you can it's figure not out how a, to
3: spell that. F L
0: E-S-C-H-N-E-R. That's correct. All right. So uh, it's it, it it, it, a sentence. great promotional tool, but it's also, well, I got flesh nerd here on, <laughs> on the podcast. Uh, it's not just a great promotional tool. a great way to have conversation with fans and, and stay in touch with what people think and also get the immediacy of moments. But it's also like beer goggles when you're in college, where you wouldn't ordinarily do something or say something
3: on the spot.
8: Well, you've said it before. It's like alcohol.
3: It is like alcohol. I think Maurice Jones-Drew is feeling that way right now. Hungover?
8: He's feeling he, hungover He's hungover
3: hung right now. A Barkley
0: tore him apart on Tuesday where he said, this guy didn't play the last two games, the games that were most important to his team because of a knee injury, and he's sitting on the couch diagnosing from afar and you're hearing all sorts of people saying well uh, cutler's a diabetic and he can't take a cortisone shot which by the way i checked with a doctor friend of mine that's not true mm. but there's all sorts of questions about it here's what i think the cutler thing is all about he has not cared one lick about a perception problem since he came into the league not one lick He didn't care that people think his body language is awful. He doesn't care that people think that he's nonchalant after throwing four picks to Dre Bly or throwing two red zone picks to lose a game. He doesn't care about that. Well, because he never cared about that. When this happened, the perception problem was just running amok. And he now has to deal with it. Somebody has to pull him aside and say, Jay, I know you don't care what people think or maybe you don't care what people think. You have to have a PR aspect to this thing. Let us get your side of the story out. Let us let us humanize you in the fa- eyes of some of the fan base. And he won't get questioned if he's standing on a, a knee injury. If he's standing on a knee injury on the sidelines, not saying much to his teammates and no ice on the knee, then he won't get second-guessed in the future.
8: But Daniel Tomlinson didn't have an image problem before he did that. He did after. That's true. I think there was an element here, though, that was even more vociferous because of the fact I think people were lying in wait for Jay Cutler to do something along these lines because of the fact that they had already had this perception of what his personality was like and maybe didn't like him. There's a couple other interesting parts of this, though. I mean, I almost feel like this has helped the Bears kind of circle the wagons. Nobody's talking about all the mistakes they made in the game. They're coming to the defense of their quarterback, and, and, and it's, a, it's kind of a team issue. Versus people saying, you know, what was going on with the play calling? What was going on here? It's 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 almost given them away. Do so you think kind it's of a circle of the wagon? Positive moving forward? It's not a positive. It's just it. The positive aspect of it was that the teammates came to his defense, and this is what we've heard about Jay Cutler all along. That while we don't know him, and we see him in the press conference, we saw him crack two smiles last week, and I I almost reported that as news. Like there were two times he smiled in the press conference. One was when he talked about throwing a touchdown in the first play of the first playoff game. The other was talking about his friendship with Aaron Rodgers. But yet again, he seems to have these relationships and friendships with his teammates and with other guys in the league. So we don't know him.
3: People that know him seem to like him. Yet there's this widespread perception that he is a jerk or that he is not tough. I I, I don't know where that particularly comes from. Maybe, Rich, you're talking about he doesn't care about the perception. He doesn't care about the way that he looks and acts on the sideline, and that that has given people the opportunity to to jump to these conclusions about mm-hmm. who he is. That's my point. Yes, it is. Uh, but I, I you know, I wonder where that where that comes from. How how that has sort of snowballed out of control. I mean, even last week, people were talking about how nobody likes Jay Cutler. Everybody hates Jay Cutler. Oh, Rick, the Rick Riley, Rick Riley article, Riley article him. was an absolute crushed him hammer. So this this has given people, like you say, Kara, the opportunity to to have their, their notions of him confirmed, rightly or wrongly. Uh, he didn't act like he cared about the game after he was out. He wasn't talking to the other quarterbacks. He wasn't jumping up and down cheering. He wasn't on crutches saying, Rice. I am injured. I think there are a couple other things at play. One is that Bears fans recognize how kind of lucky they were to have been in this position to get to the Super Bowl. They, they understand that uh, the, from the Calvin Johnson in week one to playing three third string quarterbacks to getting to play the Seahawks in the divisional round. Playing in
0: Toronto instead of in Buffalo, playing outdoors instead of indoors in Minnesota where it's
3: louder and it's a little bit more difficult. So they know this was a golden opportunity to make the Super Bowl in a year when they probably weren't good enough to actually be a Super Bowl team and Jay Cutler didn't play in the second half and that makes them very upset. And the other side of it is that I don't know that if you're a Bears fan, you can think that the future is that bright. I mean, this, this story has covered up a lot of the shortcomings of this team, the way the team was constructed. The fact that Todd Collins is the guy that you turn to when Jay Cutler is injured. Mm-hmm. In fact, the offensive line was a disaster. Uh, there was nobody for, for Cutler to, to throw the ball to. Um, if the Packers lose that game, they say, well, we had a lot of injuries this season, Aaron Rodgers is becoming an elite quarterback, is an elite quarterback. Mm. And we're, we're young. We're young. We're Our defense young. is young and, yeah. and very good, and we're going to be back next year. Bears fans, I don't think they can say that. And I think that has also kind of fueled the anger, because it's real anger that's going on in Chicago right now.
0: They're burning his jersey, for oh. crying out I mean, or they was, did on Sunday. I'm
8: telling you, you just, well, wanted, that's you the just perc- wanted to get out of but that's that sound. the
0: perception problem I'm talking about. Why would they be so angry to burn his jersey, Right. It's just that I don't think that fans feel connected to him. And, and, and he may be doing all sorts of stuff out of the public eye that we don't know about. His foundation, he was very involved in community works in Denver. We had no idea about. I just think that somebody on his team, by his team, I mean his handlers, uh, the David Dunn folks who, who, who we've met many times here at NFL Network, they're savvy, very smart people. Jay, we got to sit you down. we got to do something here. Pick a writer. We'll 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 do a story. We'll do a whole feature. We got to get your side out, man. Look because because when he- these things happen in the future, you shouldn't. You don't deserve. You don't deserve that. Because if if you know if uh, if if it happened to Philip Rivers, if it happened to you, could keep going on. If it happened to Peyton Manning, if it happened to Tom Brady, from you know a lot of people would say, well, these guys would have to be dragged off the field. As as Jeff Garland said moments ago, it's like you've never seen anybody literally dragged off the no. field i mean you know so i mean it, it's it's sort of it's sort of interesting who was, the, who
8: was the one that they had to carry off the field because he was so exhausted why well, am i blanking? no no
0: no no. well as kellen winslow ought to be carried yeah. off the field yeah, yeah, in the yeah. old nfl film exactly. byron Leftwich which was lifted up yeah. by his marshall teammates you remember that right. so he could stay on the field and continue on Brett in that Farb, game.
8: i mean practically did that in the NFL. right so we keep hearing that year. now people
0: i think this is definitely not going away Definitely not going away because oh well. You even heard Tory Holt say on our air on Monday and Dion on Monday. I played with uh, with MCL sprains and whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, that but. that's why this is this is still going to even if they start eight 0 next year and there's a big game and Cutler comes up a yeah. little gimpy or well, it's, whatever. I mean, it's especially
3: just, if lovey is still the coach and Jerry Angelo is still the GM. He's got to and- get his
0: story up That's what I'm saying. If I'm if I'm if I'm his PR guy, let's let's choose a writer. Let's give that writer all access. That writer definitely won't be Rick Riley. But, I I mean, let's give somebody all access and tell your side of the story.
3: Maybe it's an appearance on the Rich Eisen podcast. You are not wrong.
0: Jay Cutler, if you're out there downloading, God bless you. I hope you're enjoying (laughs) what you're hearing so far. But come on in.
8: The ironic thing was, too, is when when they showed the shot of his elbow with the blood coming through, everybody in the press box was like, Kurt Schilling, here we come. You know, look at (laughs) this guy playing through the blood. Right. And if you want, like, I was at the Dallas game, the second game, I think, of the year when he was just getting pounded, 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 pounded. I was like, he's not going to make it through the first half. Mm -hmm. Kept getting back in there. So I'm with Dan. I'm like, I don't know where this perception that he's not tough came from. I mean, anybody who saw that Giants game, I mean, he was getting killed.
3: He got sacked, what, a dozen more times than any other quarterback in the league this year? You have to have a PR strategy if you're a public figure. Certainly, if you're a public figure whose job
0: is being watched by by fifty million people at once, you have to have some sort of p r strategy. You must in this day and age you've got to have it and uh, and he needs one desperately. Um,
8: I have something else I want to talk about please have the floor Cara because Anderson. of the state of the Union being this week and, and I, so I tweeted out the other day because I thought it was funny that you know the president was o for two on his picks yeah. this past weekend, and maybe he should stick with his day job. <laughs> Yes. And, I, and, it was and I
3: responded with a joke yes. that uh, I'm sure in the GOP response to the State of the Union, yes. the first thing they're going to hit him on is being a lousy football prognosticator. Yes, that's right.
8: But the best one I got back, and we're not going to get <laughs> yes. into politics, the best one I got back was, well, he's over 2 in his day job, too. It was <laughs> really funny to me. Regardless is, of your political persuasion. Which two? Yeah, was, what what is, I don't know two. what the two the ch- That would be the two years.
0: Oh. oh see?
8: Two years <laughs> over two. Okay. Got
0: it. That, but it was odd that you got that tweet
3: from at Dick Cheney. Uh. That would be very strange. It was at well, Traveling
8: Seas. I'm giving her a shout out. was Cheney's big
3: uh, re-release out into the into the media. See, even Dick Cheney has a PR strategy. Of course. So Jay Cutler needs one.
8: I think he weighed in on the Jay Cutler thing, Dick Cheney. Did he? Yeah. He said, "You know, if you can, you know, after never mind, I won't go there." Yeah, I
0: mean, you know, you're. So, what was your point? I forgot your point now. Your I point was, it, was that Obama. Well, you heard what Charles Woodson said in, in the speech I was, that's after what I the was game, getting, right? That's where I was That's
8: where I was going to go. I was going with this. Thank you for taking me there. There we go.
0: We're back. We're so, back.
8: So, why don't you set the table for us? So that that Charles,
0: table, w- that table. that Obama said he was definitely going to the Super Bowl if the Bears make it. Which, by the way, the sound, the thud that you heard after he said that. Was the entire NFL security staff and poor Frank Sapovitz, the VP of <laughs> of, uh, of events of the NFL, falling on the floor collectively? Can you imagine the the, the the giant sigh of relief. But it's funny. Oh, yeah, I yeah, talked yeah, to yeah, some yeah, NFL yeah, yeah.
8: officials about this at the game, and they said they'd be fired up to have the president. Of course, they're there, going to say that publicly because it like, would just that many more people they? would tune in.
0: That's true, and and he would. Oh, by the way, I, I, I uh, emailed Joe Brown immediately, the guardian of the NFL flame. Uh, the man who's been with the NFL forever. As a matter of fact, he delivered the press release to the media announcing the merger. That's how long Joe Brown's been at this with the NFL. Um, Asked him immediately, he would know, uh, has a sitting president ever attended a Super Bowl? No. No Hmm. sitting president has ever actually physically gone to the Super Bowl. But that one happened, as Charles Woodson pointed out, to the Packers after... Would you care to mention it now? Sure. No.
8: So after the game, when they're breaking it down in the locker room amongst themselves... Charles Woodson said, it, and I'm not—I'm just kind of paraphrasing. He basically said, you know, we're not good enough for him to come to the Super Bowl. We'll bring it to him. Um, White House on three. And they broke it down with White House, House. which I thought was awesome. That is just hilarious.
0: Yeah. I mean, anything to gain an edge, basically, in the NFL world. Yeah. Anything to gain an edge. The nobody
3: believes in us policy goes right to the the top. I know. I know. And Rex Ryan,
0: it was odd that he used uh, something Michelle Bachman said to try and inspire Antonio (laughs) Cromartie. It didn't work, clearly. (laughs) Obviously, it didn't clearly work. Where do you think... um, what do you think of this Super Bowl matchup, Dan Fleschner, as the coordinating producer of NFL Game Day Morning, getting set for a big pregame show? Do you like it? Do you like the matchup? Is it something you could I mean, chew into
3: here? Unless you're a Bears fan or a Jets fan, I mean, mm-hmm. even if you're, you're a fan of those teams, well, maybe not the Bears. How could you not like this matchup? You're loving it. The Steelers and the Packers, the, the two old school NFL teams, fan bases. Yeah. The teams that, that probably live and die with their teams more than any other city. Uh, h- how could you not be excited about this?
0: How long is our pregame show?
3: It's uh, eight and a half hours. No, it's
0: not. Yes, Eight
3: and a half hours. Eight and a half hours. Do we know Cara Henderson's role in the pregame show? Cara will, will be a vital uh, part of, of the show, as nice. always. Do you like that?
8: I, I do like
0: that. That was a, da- that was a sort of amorphous we uh, were just talking about it assignment right there. We were
8: right just there. talking about it in the cafeteria. I'm, I'm what sure are you? Reporting. Do you know which team?
0: Do you know which team you've got?
8: I would. I've been with the NFC this this whole right run.
0: Saints, Falcons. You've yeah. been covering all those cats.
8: Yeah. So I think I'll be with the NFC team. But Mitchell, who, but just... who says logic has anything to do with it? <laughs> <laughs> Flip the coin. <laughs> okay. But all we've, right. I've been with the Steelers the last two Super Bowls. You have. So so you know both teams. I know both teams. Are they the only two teams that have yellow in their uniforms? I was just sitting here thinking to myself. Cheerleaders. Now, I was about
0: to go there. Yep. Yep. I was no about to go there. But not physically, but uh, storyline wise. Yep. <laughs> Hi. Uh, this could hey be now, the first. Yellow. I think this is the first Super Bowl matchup where there were there will be no cheerleaders on the side. Wait
8: a minute, though. I think the Packers have some cheerleaders mm. that are at their stadium, but they're just like. Local what, they crash? college or something? They crash. Aren't, am I wrong here? Uh,
0: they, there are no official Packerettes or right sensations. That's the same, right? Like that. <laughs> With their
8: capesios uh, on every
0: every time on game day morning, We always true, we though. always show that? we all because you know we're on the air four hours before the early games kick off. Oh, we um, get the
8: mo- we get the we get the message that says shoot cheerleaders. Yeah, right.
0: So, well, usually that's the only thing going on on a field three hours before right. that cheerleaders are working out. So I always uh-huh. ask. Can I, can I get the uh, the
3: name of yeah. the Redskins cheerleaders? Yeah, that's what I ask for all
0: the time. Like, what if we're going to show them, I should call them by you their actual name. Are they still called there? the
3: Raiderettes? I get so, okay, uh, No, I don't ask that now.
0: Come on. I'm a little bit more in tune. But uh, I get disappointed when it's just straightforward. Like, the Colts... You know the the whatever the Redskins cheerleaders. What
8: are the Colts cheerleaders' names? You see, uh, see now. I
0: forget now. Don't, don't I forget. Now. I think they're just straightforward Colts cheerleaders. But we have know, used but them several times. But the seagals. The you know, oh, I'll I like, like the seagals. <laughs> that's a good one. You know what I mean? I like that.
3: So, but there are there will be no cheerleaders. What an outrage! The
8: Buffalo Jills. That's a good the one. Buffalo
3: Jills. We should we should assemble an all star team and
8: they bring do that. Them down. The they do that at the Pro Bowl. Bowl.
3: So. The Pro uh, Rich knows
8: that. By look at you had to put your pen down. I put Why my pen it? down.
3: Well, our our, our
0: previous Ooh. director of research, uh, uh, you know, uh, he he was all over the cheerleaders at Jackson point. Villa. Uh, Andrew Villa. Well, I did not want to call him out by name, but he's a sweet guy. He would he would we would joke with him because he hardly said a word. I didn't that, actually say his name. A,
8: I just said his nickname. You said Villa. his name.
0: Oh, right. Any anyway. rate. <laughs> He he would he would he would arrange for all of the calendars to be given out to you know. Uh, that's why George Lee took that job over our current I researcher, see. and he got I married, see. and I think he didn't want to do it anymore. I see. For fear. George
8: Lee, oh yeah, he was nervous about that. For
0: fear, and yet you wanted it for yourself.
8: <laughs> well, the funny thing is, just quickly. So my I, I brought my son Tate into the studio, and we went to see Marshall in his office. Oh, Marshall man. and I are good friends, and we walk in, and you know Tate's looking around, whatever. Marshall gives him a signed card. Tate's excited. He walks out. He. He goes, Mom, Marshall's got Pictures of really pretty women up on his <laughs> wall. <laughs> so Marshall, as his Christmas present, when we were in Arizona, made sure that he gave him a signed poster of the Arizona Cardinals, Cardinals. cheerleaders. Yeah, And they talk about it. And every time he talks about it, Tate, Tate was standing eating pudding. He's like, I'm just eating my pudding. I'm just eating <laughs> just my pudding. Which is a great, it's like, great actually, line. It's a great line for anything. anything. You can use actually, that I'm anywhere.
3: M- Mooch says the same thing when the cheerleaders... Uh, oh, no, they're a family friend. friend. Usually
8: it's a family yes, friend. Oh, yeah,
3: it's a family friend. I know. And Mooch is literally. <laughs> she called me
0: Mister Mariucci, and he he's eating something. It may not Always. be pudding, but Mooch you is eating some something.
8: Faith. Some cheerleaders have been big fans of them. Some Rich Eisen. Well, in the listen, past. Uh,
0: I'm I'm uh, the, I'm a the cro- red,
8: that one redhead. Remember her?
0: I'm a crossover star. That's the only <laughs> thing I can say. Is <laughs> chicks dig me, and and so do guys. But uh, you know you can't teach talent you happen to have the kind we'll big of with the uh, body that's, uh, big with the, the cheerleaders high big with the to yeah, right. all persuasions That's
3: right if i may paraphrase yeah. woody
0: allen i appreciate you saying that yeah. did you hear the helium
8: did we just pass over that we
0: just passed over that okay. did 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 you hear the helium segment on game day morning
8: i no i saw your tweet about it all so right. give me set it up for uh, me so. So let me
0: set it up for 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 you and for everyone else is that we uh you know pop balloons right uh we had we had 11 11 guys on the on the set, on the set. Eleven: Billick, um, Thiesman, Kurt Warner, Rod Woodson, Dion, me, Marshall Mooch, Jim uh, Mora, Jim Mora, Warren Sapp, Michael Irvin, and myself. That's mm-hmm. eleven guys. I don't think I missed any. And so we uh, we had the four balloons of the four combatants for uh, for Championship Sunday, and I popped the balloon of the consensus loser, and the pick uh, winners. We moved on, and then uh, we decided uh, as Charlie Yook, the producer, who's been on this show of NFL Game Day Morning. Uh, we're going to bears
8: fan, we should... big
0: bears fan. He said that he dedicated how many 45 seconds into the rundown specifically for all of us to suck helium, correct, and act like idiots, correct.
8: Well, since you had blown off the three-and-a-half-minute chat mm-hmm. right before you threw to me, so I, I came three-and-a-half oh. minutes early. You
0: know, you're about calling that. me out. Listen, my, my six hours, <laughs> you had extra you're talking time about the one time, time I screwed <laughs> up I screwed up the rundown one time in six Thanks hours, that and you bring Mike's. that up.
8: Thanks for doing it, I was
0: perfect <laughs> for five hours and 57-and-a-half other bad. minutes. You, you hadn't done it all season
8: and I just appreciated that I was on the re- on the business end of that transaction oh, yeah. so cuz I was and I were actually in the chatting. middle of a
3: conversation and then all of a when sudden, I threw to let, you too no
8: soon. no so Dan let up on his so just to, so basically the producers in the in the control room have buttons mm-hmm. that they can press to talk mm-hmm. to anyone who's out in the field right. Dan and I were joking about something he let up his button and I hear Kara and I'm like I think that was Rich. <laughs> <It just laughs> was. To you.
0: I, uh, live on the air, and it was awkward, <laughs> and I apologize for
8: it. But ah, yes, wait, there was wait, more time was to fine. act like
0: idiots. And uh, <laughs> But in the meeting, I, I said that there would be two bounties, because Charlie Yook and you wanted Billick doing it. Yep. You wanted Billick. It yep. doesn't matter what he said, you wanted Billick. And then uh, the other bounty was I had to get Theismann to say the word woodcock on helium. <laughs> so <laughs> Sarah Young, roll it. Everybody, grab a balloon. Here we go. Oh, this is now we've the Man. Slot, happy portion. <laughs> Brian Billy, you go first? What do you have to say? I don't know how to pick Jim. I'm not what's going to happen. Please say the name we want you to say. Please say it. Please say it. Please say it. What's that? <laughs>
2: Danny, what's his name? Danny, what's his name? Danny, Danny what's
5: No, go go on. For me on that wall. wall. i places going to talk about. It. On, I don't know how to do it. Hold on, player. Hold on. Hold <laughs> on,
8: do your dad. your
0: dad. your dad. That is. <laughs> that brought was the house down. That was the segment.
8: Oh my. God. Oh, that's very funny. Brian Billick on Helim sounds a little bit like Mike Dicka games what
6: are the games what
0: are the games <laughs> i don't even know the games <laughs> if we only had that on healing oh right, yeah so it was fun it was good times uh thanks for being on the podcast thank you i for appreciate me. that and and uh, Cara, uh by the way sarah Young as well on the other side of the glass who's uh, uh, super at what she does with mike del tufo putting together this podcast audio wise um I didn't know she did this too. Uh, Sarah, roll roll the promo that you put together for this podcast. In three, two, the Rich Eisen podcast. Join the podcast once again. Thanks for listening to the Rich Eisen podcast. Lots of fun this podcast. But he was on the the podcast. I don't know if he, yeah, no, I you know. I have a podcast. podcast. <laughs> yeah, podcast, podcast, <laughs> podcast.
8: I saw Tom Waddle was, was the that, other yeah, day. Was by that the, the Waddle way. Show, or yeah, I saw waddle. Tom going around. I saw Tom in Chicago, mm. and I just looked at him and just laughed. He goes, "Yeah, that was that was something." I guess people think
0: I'm so self promotional. It makes Piers Morgan blush. What are you gonna do?
8: I can't. try to prom- those anymore. Those Piers Morgan advertisements are awful.
0: You're done with. He's only been on the year for. I'm a already week. done with him,
8: and I haven't even watched him. That's I'm, no like, good. Because they've told me how great it is. I can't. I, that's bad.
3: Is that one podcast you won't download? The Piers, Piers Morgan. Morgan I, that one I haven't. Uh, he has revolutionized out
8: interviewing. Yet. I don't. I don't know how you do that. But apparently he's done that. He's
3: done it. He's already done it. So why even watch? He's already perfected
8: it. <laughs> I think the it. only way to
0: revolutionize interviewing is to ask questions and answer them, too. Sort of like Woody Allen in Bananas, the way he cross-examined himself in that yes. movie. You know, yes. where he asked the question, then ran back into the dock, and then answered it. And Maybe kept Jake back. Cutler yeah.
8: will be on Pierce Morgan, and we'll get to the bottom of this And we'll situation. interview himself
0: on Piers Morgan.
8: That would be great.
0: Revolutionary is what that would be. Yes. Thanks for joining the podcast again.
8: Always, we got
0: to have you back. And uh, Dan, your first foray. I hope I was gentle enough. It was wonderful. Just, yeah, Thank you. you
8: didn't ask him about his dating life, which was good. Worm did call me.
0: He was upset that I asked him that. People I'll, were blowing we'll me to... up. People on people were tweeting me. I think saying, he
8: felt like you had you know submarined him a little bit.
0: Oh come on! He All right, fine. He's fine. He's no, fine. Don't feel Warm bad. Back. I, next time, I told him we were going to get time. get you
8: back at some point with some um, prom stories. No, fine.
3: Next That'll time. wrap it up for I'll, this edition of Hot Topics. I'll be happy to talk about uh, worms dating life on the next time you have Thank yeah. you. you. You welcome back anytime,
0: Dan Fleshner. All right. That's Dan Fleshner, who will be uh, coordinating the eight and a half hour pregame show on Super Sunday <laughs> of NFL Game Day morning, and Kara Henderson joining the Rich Eisen podcast.
8: You have a podcast?
0: He's the host of the popular Dan Patrick radio program that's uh, expanding. It's moving its tentacles further out from the Direct TV 101 and its 200 radio affiliates across the country. Now available on Fox Sports Net regional networks throughout the United States, his reach also is on the silver screen. He's become Adam Sandler's go-to guy. He's Dan Patrick. DP. Rich. You?
2: Spectacular.
0: You. T- <laughs> where do i start with you dan because i think you did you did you this week save the job of a of a car salesman did you save his job did you save the gig of the guy who got canned for wearing a packers tie
2: well if i did then uh i feel good about it i'd like to be the mother Teresa of sports radio so (laughs) if there was something that i did to help this guy keep his job because a boss didn't have a sense of humor then uh then good. Well, but, Jeff uh, Jeff
0: Garland no. came on the podcast earlier, and he took management's side. He said if a boss says take the tie off, you should take the tie off.
2: Well, he did say he would zip up what he was wearing. The tie was something nobody else had a problem with. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who sold 14 cars last month oh, in his man. first month on the job. He didn't have a problem with any of his customers. Nobody else in the office did. So... I think that uh, this guy was just surprised that his boss didn't have a sense of humor, and he said, if I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't have worn the tie. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was going to cost me my job. Yeah. But he uh, did get another job uh, on Tuesday morning. Yeah. So, um,
0: right after he was on your show. I mean, yeah. li- literally an hour after he was on your program.
2: Well, I think people program. probably said, um, guy deserves uh, another shot there and sounded like a nice guy, and he had done some... And good work there. He just had a boss who you you when you worked at ESPN, you used to say all the time See, bosses don't have a sense of humor and mm-hmm. you know, See, but so, listen
0: now. Now that you're you're you your own boss, Dan. Yeah. Now that you're you're the man who's who's lording over the Danettes, I don't know. You may have lost your you may have lost your touch here. You know, like that. I don't know. I'm just saying you're not you're you're a management type of guy now. And yeah, but I but I'm
2: management with a sense of humor. Oh. I have to be. I work with the Danettes. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen those guys? You have worked with those guys. You I gotta have. have a sense of humor. You do. McLovin wore uh, an ESPN T-shirt in. Oh. Uh, on Monday, and did- I said, "What are you doing?" He goes, "Well, I." <laughs> is it a big deal? And I said, "No, nah, go ahead, wear it."
0: Oh, is that uh, you? Didn't make him zip up what he was wearing to cover it up? Well, he did have it
2: as an undershirt, but I said it's okay. You know, it it made for more conversation, <laughs> and I would I would always want reaction to whatever you're saying, or you're wearing, or you're doing. So I don't have a problem with it. In fact. If I'm the guy at the car dealership, you're getting reaction by having somebody wear a Green Bay Packers. You tie. Are. Granted, a little sensitivity there with uh, the the uh, Bears Packers, but you are getting people who would come in and you know they'd be talking, and that's what you would want.
0: But now that you're sen- you're selling DP show gear, yeah, to have one of your Danettes coming in with an ESPN shirt, sort of like a guy in a Packer tie going into a dealership to sell cars with a dealership with a with a Bears campaign.
2: Well, I make the Danettes buy the gear, so that's <laughs> part of the problem. You know, I I just don't give it away, oh,
0: written, man. So you, that's part of the problem. You rule with an iron fist. Yep, I know that, but with a sense of humor. You're an uh, enla- you're an enlightened despot, as they used to say <laughs> back in the day. What does the Cutler story say about the media, Dan? Do you think we need we need to? was did we jump all over them too much, or the fact yeah. the okay? You think we yeah. did? Yeah, in the media.
2: You can question a lot of different things. Decision-making, you can question uh, if somebody is good enough, big enough, strong enough, smart enough, any of those things for, for a job uh, in sports. Okay, I understand it. We can, we can look at all of those things. I don't think you can question toughness if you're not there. And that's where I think we, we uh, stepped over the line. I think a lot of these players did, too. You know, you know, and if I hear one more time, well, they, they'd have to drag me off the field. When is the last time you saw coaching staff or the medical community dragging somebody off the field?
0: Well, okay. I guess they mean by carting. that that Because, again, we've spoken yeah. about it ad nauseum, but not, not with, I haven't spoken about it with you. I mean, he's standing on his knee, right? The knee isn't yeah, but I, I, okay, and, Rich, and, I've
2: had four surgeries. I've had four surgeries on the same knee.
0: Are you bragging I now? Play or, or, I play I mean,
2: basketball. With torn cartilage. Right. But it was stupid for me to do it. Um, I had microfracture surgery and played basketball, uh, of, of, you know, probably a month after the fact. I, I shouldn't have done it, but I did it. You can do some things, but I also think Cutler was, now, if he was protecting himself long-term, I'd have a problem with that. Um, you know, I think you've got to be in the moment of playing in a title game. I understand all of that. But I also think my bigger problem with him was that he wasn't engaged with uh Caleb Haney. I I thought he wasn't engaged with his teams. I thought he was his team. I thought he was sulking. Um lot, you know, a lot like LaDainian Tomlinson did. Right. When he had Com- the shield on when they you know, the Chargers played the Colts. I mean, so, no doubt, know, Dan.
0: Uh, this is the same story. I mean it's the same story. Yeah. But with with and and with LT, though, uh he didn't have a perception problem coming in in many Places like Cutler definitely has. I mean, when Cutler throws four picks to Dre Bly and has the same demeanor on the podium as as he had just thrown four touchdown passes, I think certainly in a town like Chicago, which you also know intimately as well, that town, it's it's difficult for people to swallow. Certainly, when you then see him walk off the field, and then you, even if you're not on Twitter, you hear Derek Brooks, uh, 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 De- Darnell Dockett, other guys basically question. What Jay Cutler's doing, and it adds to one huge assumption on Jay Cutler that may not be fair. True.
2: Well, I, it goes back to I. I I'm not going to question toughness. If you anybody saw the game against Dallas this year, you'll never question his toughness because he got beat up. Mm-hmm. He got sacked more times than any other quarterback in the NFL, didn't he? Yes, he did. Is he a guy playing with type one diabetes? It has his has his toughness? He was a he was an option quarterback at Vanderbilt. Did anybody question toughness did you prior get, to this?
0: Did you get that point from SAP when he was on your show?
2: Yes, yeah. I re- I listen to my guests, <laughs> yes. Rich. That's the difference. I listen to what they say.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: I may repurpose it and call it my own, but I do <laughs> listen to what SAP has to say. So there you have. I'm not going to be inhaling helium while I make oh. my predictions, but.
0: Oh, yeah, you saw that. You, did you see that?
2: Yeah, I didn't like it. Why? It's fun. You're the NFL network, you're not there, you know. What are you going to do? Next time you're going to do what uh, Miley Cyrus was no, uh, using a bong with? The, just, uh,
0: hey, come on now. We're, we're it's the end of 6 hours of television.
2: It doesn't matter. That's Would you do fun. that at the Super Bowl when you're at the end of 6 hours of coverage? Maybe. No, you wouldn't. And time for our Super Bowl picks. I've got to take the Packers. But you, you listen, it, it's a,
0: that's funny. You're the only person that said that you don't like it.
2: No, nah, I didn't like it. It was funny. Yeah, it was but funny. But not funny in a way that the NFL network would be doing it right up to uh, the game. Mm. I don't know. It just, I uh, I was surprised.
0: You were surprised. You were taken aback. <laughs>
2: I don't know what that means when you're taken aback, well, but by I was taken aback, t- I guess.
0: You were. You, you were you, it's like you're at point A and then suddenly at point B.
2: Well, you're, it's, you're I, I, I always trust your guys' coverage. You know, you just do it right. Well, we, You've got it completely surrounded. And you can have lighthearted moments, but uh, I don't we know. Did it was, it, was, it was not like we did the whole show on healing. No, but it, would, it surprised me at the crescendo, mm. at the peak of the show. At the peak. Yeah. So, so that but, means, you know, it's not like you're Tom Jackson and you you um, you know you were motivating the uh, Jets by picking the Patriots. You know, nothing like that.
0: Is that, is that what he did? Because I missed that. Well,
2: that's what Tom said. TJ tried to backtrack by saying, oh, I picked uh, the Patriots only to motivate the Jets after Bart Scott went all over TJ. And I went, no, 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 just say you thought the Patriots so were going to win. win. Mm. Yeah, that's See, not good. I, yeah, and,
0: I I I don't know what goes on in other people's.
2: Shows. Adam Schefter confirmed that Tommy <laughs> tried to. No, motivate I
0: thought her. it was that was Clayton. Or oh, John
2: Clayton confirmed <laughs> John that Adam Clayton. Schefter reported that Mort has <laughs> learned that Tommy was trying to motivate them.
0: And and it's odd how they fit that all in the bottom line.
2: <laughs>
0: it's yes. like it's like on Times Square, the ticker at the bottom. Um, what do you think of the Super Bowl matchup? What do you think of uh, Love it, Packers Steelers? You're into it? You like it?
2: Love it. Love it. I think, um, I think there'll be some storylines we'll get tired of hearing, oh, but I think no that it's still that happens every Super Bowl. But Which one are you going to be tired
0: of hearing most? Let's predict it. Which one will you be tired by? Will it be Aaron Rodgers, hot quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, Favre, the Rodgers-Favre storyline?
2: Um, uh, Rogers, uh, Gossip Girl girlfriend. Um,
0: see, now you're ahead of the game. There, are you reading TMZ again? Are you on TMZ are you right me? now?
2: I read that stuff all the time. Harvey Levin, I'm right there with him, man. <laughs> I'm, I want to be in his newsroom. I want to know what he's sipping out of that
0: cup. Uh, is that we? Is that an orange Julius? What is? That I don't know what I'm that
2: thinking? is with Harvey, but uh, uh-huh. I think. Rodgers, his own man, emerges from far yeah, shadow. Yeah,
0: that's going to be it. Uh,
2: that's good. Mike that's a good McCarthy, one. the the forgotten Packer yes. coach. Yes. Um, that's what I
0: said on Game Day Final the other night. Is wait, who is Mike McCarthy? <laughs> that's the that's the that's the story. Who is there Mike McCarthy? There are times
2: when I see him on the sidelines, and I think. Mm. Somebody won a contest or brought their son <laughs> to the sidelines today.
0: That's Mike McCarthy. Yes.
2: Yeah, so I just, I, I sort of see him and I go, who's, oh, that's right. It said coach of the Packers.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, that's. Tomlin the, looks
2: like he's a coach. Yeah.
0: The, that's um, a storyline. Here, here's the storyline. This is going to be the okay. storyline. Vince Lombardi, his name's on the trophy. They've got a street named after him, just like Mike Holmgren. Who is Mike McCarthy?
2: <laughs>
0: Who is Mike McCarthy?
2: Does McCarthy deserved to be on the same page mm. with Holmgren same, and Lombardi.
0: Same page. That's a and good one. Bill
2: Bengston <laughs> and Dan Devine.
0: Curly uh, Lambo, yeah, Curly yeah, yeah. Lambo. Don't forget. we got That's that's the other thing, too. Is I, I mean, Sable's got to be licking his chops right now with, with the history I hope that, of that thing. I, th-
2: I hope that uh, Ed gets in with Me too. the Packers and the Steelers would be worthy. in the Super Bowl. It'd be appropriate that... Uh, NFL films would be honored, uh, and he'd be in the Hall of Fame. But I, I also think his storyline is going to be Clay Matthews' hair, Troy Polamalu's ah,
0: hair. the follicle Weedle, thing. Uh, oh. yeah. uh,
2: who's the better defense between these two? They're basically the same defenses. Uh, uh-huh. Dom Capers, Dick LeBeau, who's the better <laughs> defensive coordinator? <laughs> Roethlisberger, if he wins his third, mm. where does he rank? Where does he
0: rank? Yes, where Roethlisberger, where does he rank? That, yeah. is, that I, that's the one I'll be sick of. But
2: then there'll be the Ben look at where he started the season to where yes,
0: he is Yes, he was suspended. I even by the way, I went there Sunday night. I didn't even wait. I went there wow. Sunday night. I went there I went there on the spot, Dan. I reacted with I that like
2: one. that. Okay, but by he's saying, already he's already getting the quest, Media Day. Oh forget it. That's gonna be a lot of the topic because you can't run away from that. Whereas- and Plus,
0: you're going to get, I even said this Sunday night, because he's going to get it, too, uh, from all the news people who get credentials, all the international right. folks who get credentials. He's going to be hammered with that storyline.
2: Does that town, Milledgeville, send a reporter to the Super Bowl? Mm. Milledgeville, Georgia?
0: Gazette? P- Press Gazette. Yeah, Millennial? do they
2: send a reporter there on Ben Roethlisberger?
0: Maybe well, so. I don't know. Now you're thinking. I think there's a lot
2: of different storylines there, but you have arguably the two most storied franchises in in pro football history. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and I I I think people will go, well, do we really need to see the Steelers back in there again? It's not. Do we really need to? They're there, so they're there. Appreciate that, because in this day and age where we're always, you know, complaining about parity well you you have a team that is there again and a quarterback who's there again i i think you got to i marvel at what both of these teams here's another storyline mm-hmm. how they both built their teams through the draft and not through free agency mm-hmm. because the steelers are probably the best drafting team that you'll find uh, them, the Colts are very good, but the Packers, I think, their big signing was was Woodson as far as the free agency. But most right. of them have been drafted. Uh, drafted, all of them. I mean, yeah,
0: Ted yeah. Ted Thompson. We'll hear we'll hear about him. Who's Ted Thompson? And Ted, Ted that's, Thompson that's, and oh, Brett that's, Favre. That's the one and, we're going to have that one about yeah, how, how they turn the page on Favre. Since then,
2: oh yeah, yeah, they go far. far of storyline here? Mm. Remember, he said the Packers are going to win it all, and Rodgers is the best quarterback left. So there's a lot of different storylines there, but that's good because we have the rest of this week and then all next week.
0: Oh boy. Do we ever and so and, and again, are you are you gonna be above the radio row, Fray? You don't you don't do radio? Dan no, Patrick does not do radio
2: row. Place, uh, Where are you gonna be? We are going to be at uh, uh, victory park okay and we have our own setup there with the rv the uh, dan patrick show rv so it uh, it should be good you can sleep there if you want we got no, sleepovers
0: that's okay have, really uh, <laughs> s'mores you got here you're going to roasting s'mores out well we have of... a keg we have a, a tap
2: on the side of the uh, rv we have nice. uh, a you There's get some things inside, that and, and you're getting you ready. know about if you go inside.
0: And you're getting ready for your your benefactor, Sandler. You're getting ready for him since he's Sandman.
2: Been, Sandman will be there with uh, Nick Schwartzen, very funny guy. Oh, Brooklyn Decker stopping by. Hey now, because you know it'll be it'll be a parade of stars. Because you're cavalcade of stars you're, you're, there. You're we, in uh,
0: you're in Just Go with It, right? You're in that one. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> Got a big role in that movie.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, what what's your role in that movie? In Just Go with It.
2: Sandler? Uh. I um I run a nightclub that hosts a uh, hula, uh, a contest hula contest.
0: Uh, did, did you channel anyone in specific for this I role? I was
2: trying <laughs> to do game show host. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was also trying to do uh, Chuck Barris from the Gong Show. Okay. So I I was trying to channel what you know that feeling you have where you're sort of I don't know smarmy a little bit oh, okay yeah so a little bit creepy just I wasn't quite sure what my role was <laughs> yeah. and Sandler just said uh Danny just go with it and I go oh, okay I get that
0: that's oh that. it's the title that's yeah. not how they came up with the title of the film is it
2: yeah just go with it so I'm there with uh Sandler mm-hmm. Kidman Aniston and uh, Dave <laughs> Matthews in the uh, scene
0: why don't you just say Matthews because you went Kidman, Aniston, and you're...
2: Well, then if I said Matthews, you'd go, Clay Matthews is in it. Uh,
0: I actually, I would have gone Chris Matthews.
2: Oh, yeah, you're that's... playing hardball I'm with playing... <laughs> By the way, uh, yeah. NFL Network, is there an opening for uh, Keith Oberman?
0: Oh, you went KO on me, DP. Do you have any reaction to KO's uh, departure from I think from he's going
2: to do okay. Yeah, a gut he feeling. always does. Yeah, he I think he'll be fine. How
0: many people I texted you? How many people texted you?
2: Cause anything Quite a few and then people wanted to comment and I said right. it's sort of like uh, Lewis and Martin I guess to a a lot lesser degree but we're <laughs> yes. forever linked to one another and ow, 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 ow. and so I just said I I I don't have I don't know what's going on, you know. I I live in my world and he lives in a right. world where the stakes are a lot higher. So I I don't know but I wouldn't be surprised if he goes into sports, back into sports, or maybe he does something, uh, important. I don't know.
0: Sports is important. You don't think
2: so? Yeah, but not for him. I mean, K.O. loves oh, baseball and, and it would be blind. great at MLB Network. Um, but I don't think he wants to do sort of no. the minutiae where let's talk about Rudy Gay's game-winning jumper or, uh, you know, do you think the bench no. for the Lakers is strong enough?
0: No, uh, that's that's all a hobby for him now. He's got more important
2: fish to. Yeah, frog. but he's. I mean, he established himself on a platform, and I don't know if you want to cash in those chips and do something different. But with Keith, I don't know. But um, I I never say never, but. I, I have no idea what direction his compass is pointing.
0: Is this your first official reaction? Did, do I have a scoop I, here? i, I, is this I mentioned it on the show. Oh,
2: boy, thanks fine. for listening. Um, <laughs> I only
0: listen when I'm on, Dan. Oh, <laughs> it's only when I'm on. I think <laughs> I'm Would on. I think I'm. Am I your first guest next week? I think I'm your first guest or one of the first guests at Super Bowl
2: Um, yeah, probably. I guess you don't
0: even uh, know yourself. You don't even well. You're so delegated. Many, You're so there's high. There's so above. many guests
2: that. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming that you'll be one of you'll be one of the best uh, guests. I know that. Thank
0: you, DP. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. you calling into the podcast a second time. But I
2: want to make sure that everything's okay
0: mm-hmm.
2: with uh, you know the baby. You know,
0: everything's so fine. Yeah, my boy, my Suze is fine. We're, we're after
2: the Super Bowl and before the combine.
0: You were talking about uh, who? She was telling me you were talking about something like this on the show yeah. on Monday. Who are you talking? Yeah. Who's who's having a baby? That was uh... oh, there
2: was uh, Craig Carton who works with Boomer right, Thompson in New York at WFAN, and you dropped that. His up. wife had the baby on Saturday, so he had to roll in a 40, 40 inch uh, flat screen to watch oh, him in the hospital, so he could watch the Jets, right? And I say that's just poor perform. Uh, you know, it's uh, planning on his part. Yep. And, um, I mean, you've got to think these things out. You know? But it's, I think it's an amateur move by him. But you've got to plan these things out, and that's what
0: you did. That's what I did. My kid's not due t- right between the Super Bowl and the combine. That's the way is I a, do you yeah. know what, what it is? Uh, it's a boy. It's a boy? Another boy. Yes, yeah. indeed.
2: Why'd you check? I keep telling you.
0: What do you mean why'd I check?
2: Surprise!
0: No, that's uh, that's no. Uh,
2: don't tell me you had to paint the baby's room. No, 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 no,
0: nothing like that. I just wanted to no. know.
2: All right, well, that's fine. All right, great. I'm sorry no, to disappoint you. you probably, with, uh, I'm sorry probably opened to, your Hanukkah gifts before uh, you were supposed to. And
0: I'm sorry to disappoint you. I didn't tell you that news with helium, Dan. I would have really disappointed you. Oh, yeah, That's coming you back. You
2: couldn't just take the Criticism. critiquing. You had to throw it back to me, so now I'm supposed to feel bad. Uh, no, nope. You guys inhaled helium. <laughs>
0: Dan, I appreciate you. Because I think I will take the backers. That sounds like your Jerry Lewis imitation you did. Ah, ah, All (laughs)
2: right,
0: Dan, thanks very much for calling uh, in.
2: Okay. All right. Okay. So I'll see you. I'll talk to you Friday. See, now now you know how it
0: feels. You always give me grief. Whenever you say goodbye to me on the show, I don't want to leave. I'm sensing that right now from you, Dan. No,
2: no. I'm ready to say, okay, I understand it. You got a job to do. You're being professional. Yeah. This is what I do every time when you, you know. whine and moan and want more airtime. No, no. Never. I just move on. Rich, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. And uh, I look forward to talking to you soon. And uh, as always, may God bless
0: you. May God bless DP. Booyah! <laughs> Dan Patrick, everybody. Booyah! He would always walk around the uh, studios in the ESPN, always screaming out Stuart Scott's line, Booyah! And then it would morph into Booyah Bass, for whatever reason. You would scream out the name of a, of a soup... Like uh, food stuff, booyah base. Well, that's DP for you. I want to thank him, Dan Fleschner, Kara Henderson, Jeff Garland, Drew Brees, Snoop Dogg, and Drew Brees back to back like that. How can you get that anywhere else in podcast world or anywhere in the world? Also, I want to thank Lamar Woodley for phoning in on his bye week and putting Larry Foote of the Pittsburgh Steelers. On the phone as well. Next week in Dallas, we've got a jam packed show for you there as well. Joe Buck, who's going to be calling Super Bowl 45 on Fox, he will be on the Rich Eisen podcast. Heath Miller of the Pittsburgh Steelers, he'll also be on that Super Bowl podcast. We will have a Green Bay Packer for fair and balanced coverage. Steve Sable, the master NFL filmsman himself, will join us. His dad, Ed, may go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame that week as well. And John McEnroe. Will give us his thoughts on Super Bowl 45. That's on next week's podcast. Signing off on this podcast, I'm Rich Eisen saying thanks for joining.
4: Stay listening, friends.